Tuning you in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. <laughs> oh, hey, I was going to say I'm on the wrong side. I feel weird. I, I know, I know. I felt like, <laughs> right. I, I, was like oh. I stared for a second at which, which video monitor to put up first. Like, you know, because I'm like, uh, I honestly, after doing this like almost a hundred times, I don't remember which one goes first. So Uh, I just, it was wrong. Wow. Wow. That's just so weird. Hey, isn't it? It's weird. Like a little brain smart. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, we actually recorded our 70th episode of the daily show yesterday. Oh, that's awesome. Is that crazy? I know. But, and then shows I was trying to count down. I'm like, Oh, I wonder if we'll hit hundred before the end of the year, but no, we don't actually have that many shows left. We only have a couple weeks before the end of the year. Yeah, <laughs> no, and then we've got to, you know, we'll probably take a break around the holidays. And so there'll be sure, you know, a couple yeah. of days. Yeah, we, we probably yeah. only have about 20 or less episodes left for the year. So. Honestly, yeah, I think yeah. It's the number is more like around 15 or something, which is crazy, right? So um, to me, that just meant we got to start diving into all the Christmas stuff because we don't have long to talk about it. So um, I thought we could start today's show off with um, the 44 weird Christmas gifts to get that oddball person on your shopping list. <laughs> um, I found this on Huffington Post and I just thought it was too adorable to pass up. So everybody out there that's hunting for really cool, incredible gifts, um, you'll have to just Google the Huffington Post and the 44 weird Christmas gifts. But here, we'll highlight a few of them because they, they're really neat. So this one. You know, these Tasty Bite packages that have like the pre-made Indian food in it. And this Indian food is actually quite good if you're in a pinch. You can just heat it up, throw it on some rice and enjoy it. Well, they have come out with chapstick in this flavor. So chickpea tiki masala. I can't, I don't know. It's like, would you like some lunch, honey? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There's there's not, this is, there's not a place on this planet where this is a good idea. Like this is, this is crazy. Hey, listen, it, we're trying to be culturally diverse here and you just never know, like the, this, the curry might just be a real turn on to some people. All right. I guess, I guess. <laughs> or maybe it stops you from getting hungry. I'm not sure. But the problem is, yeah. Cause like you put it on your own, even if it's, you're putting it on your own lips, like I don't want to taste chick, chickpea tikka masala for like the rest for like the next hour. Like that's, I know. I feel, I feel like it would make me really hungry. Yeah. I'm going to want to eat the chapstick and not actually put it on my lips. But do you know what they say? Like banana, apparently if you sniff banana all the time, it's supposed to stop you from being hungry. So if you can't, you know, if you're having famish and you're really hungry, if you just sniff bananas, it's supposed to kind of temper that down. I don't know if it works, but anyway, you might just eat your chopstick in the end, but um, okay. So we had this item then uh, this one. Okay. This one's so, this is just gross to me, but um, this is trout flavored brandy. So gross. I know, but I just, I want to try it because what does that mean? Is it just like a sweet fish? Like, I don't know. A sweet fish might not even be bad. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, like maybe you can make a real good old fashioned out of this or I don't know what like, drink tricks, it take drinks takes brandy. I, I, well, you, I mean, well, there's a lot of drinks that take brandy, but, um, but I wouldn't like, even when you think about like what you pair when you eat smoked trout, like I'd love, like it's, it's like you're going to drink a Pinot Noir or you're going to drink something light. Like you're not going to have a brandy necessarily with your smoked trout either. Mm-hmm. So like, I just think like even pairing these two things together is just a weird pairing. Uh, maybe, maybe you know, not a smoked trout Pinot Noir would be any better. That'd be pretty freaking terrible, but 
Yeah. All right. All right. Well, well, ready. Um, okay. Then this one I thought was so damn clever. Okay. Like how many, how many times do you lose your dog's boots out in the snow? I mean, maybe you don't, but I certainly do. And your dog doesn't know when it's lost a booty. Right. And then it's hard to find the booty and they're expensive. So how brilliant is this? And they say they, like, they suck up right onto the dog's back. I wonder almost if you could pick the dog up. No, that probably wouldn't be good. Um, uh, I don't know. It almost looks like there's there's a way to do that. So at first, when he first showed this to me earlier before the show, I thought for sure that this was some weird kinky fetish thing for dogs. <laughs> like, if you, those of you who are not looking at the picture, it does not. It, it looks like this dog is really into some some shit. So yeah, um, but, like likes bondage and tying up. <laughs> yes, exactly. But from a creative like from a creative standpoint, like this is super this is super innovative as actually like a way to keep the boots. We have a different problem. We don't have snow here in Phoenix, but our okay. asphalt gets too hot to actually walk the dogs oh, at some point. Wow. So it actually will burn their their pads and so you have to put booties on if you want to take them out to uh, go walk the, depending on the time of day and the time of year. Okay. And are they the same kind of booties with like the rubber soles and stuff like that? Yeah, it's totally the same, okay. but, and they, and they hate them and they try to pull them off and they fall mm -hmm. off. And like, this is a great way to solve for that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Then I thought this was the perfect present for you. <laughs> Little <laughs> ugly sweater with a, your own uh, wine bottle holder on the side. So, you know, you don't have to haul it around in your backpack any longer. <laughs> the only thing is I'm wondering where the bottle opener is. Maybe it's on the underneath, you know, so you can just... I'll just carry it. I'll just carry it in my pocket. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. Always, always be ready to go. Always ready to open a bottle of wine. Perfect. Perfect. You're good. To ha you're handy to have around. And then finally, for all the weirdos on your list, or maybe not the curiosity people, Meow Wolf. Um, this is really cool. They have their annual portal pass on sale right now, um, which is super good deal. It's a super good deal. It's twenty percent off right now for a limited time. So. Um, each of the locations is sold separately. So if you buy for one um, location, for example, here, the Real Unreal in Grapevine, you can go unlimited times throughout the year. There are some blackout dates in there, um, but they also offer discounts on uh, general admission tickets to the other locations, um, other people you bring along, merch, 10% off merch, 10% off food and beverage. Uh, and I mean, this is just such a great idea to me in my head. Like I would, I thought I was close to one, I would buy one because the Meow Wolf experience, I don't think is something you just do once. Like you have to go back multiple mm -hmm. times to grasp the whole concept and the storyline. And I think that could take quite a while. So I think this would be a fabulous gift. Yeah. Yeah. And the cost is not significant. I mean, it's starting at $67 for an annual pass, like the, with all those discounts. It's a, it's great, great, great deal. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Well, so one of the things that's happening actually right now for the next two days is Leisure Up by Mapic. It's happening in Cannes, France. And so this is typically focused on retail attainment destinations. It's, you, you know, you get a lot of attractions that show up there and, you know, a lot of your typical people who, you know, have to go and exhibit at IAB Expo, they have to pack up and they have to ship over to Cannes, France and, and you know, exhibit for Mapic as well. But, um, you know, but it's also a slightly different target audience. Like, so a lot of people that go there are, they own, you know, developers that own shopping malls are looking to do develop like large scale developments. They're looking for attractions to partner with and put in there. And so Valomotion actually is doing a really, they, they've really put together an interesting exhibit space, first of all, but the exhibit space is not just the, is, is, excuse me, exhibit space. It's also an exhibit. Um, it's also an attraction concept that they've packed together that they're calling Valo Park. So Valo Motion, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, they do, they have three primary attractions, the Valo Arena, Valo Jump and Valo Climb. 
Um, we've talked about each one of those at different times on the show. And in fact, when we were at IAPA, we, we actually recorded a little bit of stuff that, you know, while, while we were there trying out some of their different, um, their different products. And what I like about this Valopark concept, again, this is a picture of what their, their concept at the booth is they've you know, inside their booth. So they've actually made their booth a Valopark. So a great way to showcase their, their products. But at the same time, this is also something that they're advertising to developers, real estate developers, and other even FEC operators, a way to drop in a whole set of attractions that are totally comprehensive and complete that have thought through everything. So you walk in, like, let's say you're in a shopping mall, you walk in and you've got your front counter here, your ticket counter, you've got your support here with some F and B on the other side. So you can share staffing. So again, well thought out here, some tables, um, then you've got your Valo jumps. So three different Valo jump uh, spaces. You've got lockers for shoes, storage area, mm -hmm. plus staff break room back here in the le top left corner. You've got two small Valo climb uh, modules. Again, Valo climb can be a part of a big climbing wall, or they have smaller form factor like um, um, bouldering walls. That's what this one is here. And then a couple of birthday party rooms, and then their Valo Arena is is their centerpiece for this area. You know, again with a couple of party rooms. So, one great way to showcase all their products and keep people in there moving around. Um, so brilliant on that side, but also a brilliant way to really drop in a an interactive, active attraction into uh, into you know an existing development or a new development. Yeah, like I, I really love this concept. The one thing that would like totally be the cream on or the cherry on top for me would be like if you could drop this into a mall and the mall actually had staff or it was staff so I could drop my kids off and they could play in there while I was shopping. Like this, that would just be huge, absolutely huge for this. I mean, I'm yep. going to pick that mall every time. Oh, a hundred percent. And this is different than just dropping them off at like the little mall play place, like, sure like you know, yeah. the middle of the mall, because one, it's secure, it's in an area, but it's also just fucking cool. Like it's totally. different than what you're going to see in other places. And it looks like in these pictures here, there, it is gated. So like you come in and you, if you have gates there, so okay. it probably, you know, is banded and you can be gated and like you, you know, you could drop your kid off there potentially as well. Um, mm -hmm. I think is probably the the model that they're promoting. So yeah, anyway, great job to Valo, Valo Motion for showcasing their products in a really innovative way, but also packaging them together in a, in a drop-in model that I frankly should be like a franchise if they're not already going down that path. Totally, totally, for sure. Yeah, and if you haven't tried Valo's products, they're phenomenal. There's, we yeah. had time to try them at the show and they are so much fun. Absolutely. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. All three of them are really interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. Okay, so I keep on seeing this story in Blue Loop, and I'm like, okay, we need to talk about this a little bit because I just kind of perplexed by it. Um, but Storyland Studios, and they are amazing. They are absolutely amazing. They've got great content, great ideas. Um, they're trying to transform this island. It's the island of Boega in Portugal. Now, they're creating it and turning it into the Porto Boega Resort and Theme Park. So you can see the little island here out on the river. Um, it's a 50-hectare island. That was originally a farming settlement, um, and it's been unoccupied for many years now. It's on the Mino River near the Spanish-Portuguese border. Um, so what they're trying to do is create a project that's going to address different ecological um, challenges and issues. And the aim is to preserve the island's natural beauty while showcasing uh, Portuguese culture. Now, they mentioned in the article there are some big challenges, um, which scare the poop out of me. <laughs> um, but there's flooding, obviously. Um, but they've got some mitigation ideas in place where they're going to lift walkways and lift stuff up. So if flooding does occur, it'll just kind of run underneath everything. 
Um, and then they also mentioned that wildfires could be a big issue. And, and part of the beauty of this island is all the different types of trees and stuff like that. And that if it did catch on fire, I mean, they are kind of secluded. They're not near land. So the, the fire, you know, trucks can't get directly to them. So they're going to have to install some sort of fire suppression system through the whole island, not just their buildings. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and it's an evacuation danger as well. I mean, yes, so yeah, like, you know, you have everybody stuck on an island and it catches on fire inside of your theme park, you're not getting them off that mm -hmm. island. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Unless there's, I don't know, something magical. I don't, I don't sure. <laughs> um, but here's, here's a picture of the rendering of what they're kind of thinking. It's going to be a theme park. It's going to include roller coasters and lots of other kind of metal structures and um, fun games and rides. It's going to have a retail area, dining, different types of entertainment, live stage, uh, music all that kind of stuff. And it's inspired by Portuguese history, which is, I think is super cool. So they have a history that's filled with adventure, bravery and exploration and so they're going to try to encapsulate that storyline and that narrative into this project and create something really cool, steampunky, stylish is what they're kind of saying. So it'll be interesting to see what this kind of rolls out as and, and what it actually entails and how it actually honors the history, right? Um, the I, I think the thing, though, that really still makes me nervous about this is the whole the flooding part. Like, in, I have some post-traumatic stress from 10 years ago when the Calgary Zoo, I guess, got flooded because um, it's on an island like this in a, a river through Calgary. And, you know, it, it the, the water rose up so high, there was no escaping for tons of the animals. Lots of animals died and they had to relocate a bunch of animals. It caused over $50 million in damage. And the zoo had to spend a ton of money actually mitigating it and putting structures up all around the zoo. So, you know, if we do get another flood, which is bound to happen at some point in history, um, it, it's not such a big issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and you know, I, for me, this looks super cool. And I think Storyland's going to do a great job assuming this, this gets a green light and continues to move forward. Um, and, and it, it's going to have to be because being on an Island, unless they're making like actually like building a bridge where it's really easy to just drive there, but then like, where do they park? Cause it's really only 123 acres, you know, it's 50 he mm. hectares, but that's, you know, 123 acres. Like it's where, how do you handle parking? How do you handle facilitating people coming on and off? And if it is ferried, if it isn't just a, you know, an easy way to get there, uh, then I have to make a decision ahead of time about how much time I'm willing to spend to get there. And so like for my annual pass holders, for example, like those who would go there for just a couple of hours in the afternoon and just hang out because they're annual pass holders, like people do for Epcot and Disneyland and Universal and all those things. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to do that if I have to also spend two hours round trip getting there on a ferry or whatever it might be. And so I think that's going to be one of their bigger, their biggest issues because I think ultimately the story, the design, like everything is going to do really well if it's done by Storyland. But mm -hmm. uh, I think it's, it's the logistics of getting people there and getting them there on a repeat visitation basis is going to be the difficult one. Well, and not only that, then I think you have to add the extra expensive. If they are offering food and beverage and retail, the cost of actually transporting, because it doesn't look like there's going to be a walkway over there, <laughs> transporting by boat, all the food and all the stuff that they're going to need to, you know, maintain yeah. the retail and the food and beverage section. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a full resort. So there's, you know, they're going to have food and beverage. I mean, it's like you have to, like people For are sure. living, they're living a couple of days over there. And so I think that's one of the benefits. Maybe they're just trying to bank on the fact that most of their guests are going to come from the resort guests. Um, but, but you can't rely on that entirely. So anyway, cool, cool developments. Um, sure. but, but also like a very risky, uh, you know, high risk development as well, for sure. Uh, but you know, sometimes keep those, high risk, yeah, keep an eye on it. Cause a lot of those, those things pay, end up paying off in the long run, um, if done well. So, uh, well, so one of the things that I thought was, you know, at a, at a very at a much smaller scale, a partnership that was developed is uh, with a group called um, Bonkers. They're a two-location 
um, FEC for kids, basically 10 years and younger. And they're called Bonkers. And their Topeka, Kansas location just opened this last week, their Build-A-Bear workshop. So they actually partnered with Build-A-Bear. Now, what I can't tell here based on what I've read and based on their website, which I'll also pull up here, is whether or not they've done a full Build-A-Bear franchise. But this is definitely you know, a full Build-A-Bear experience. You can see some of these pictures. You know, The kid comes and fills up the, you know, their, the, the, you know, whatever skin they choose fills it up with the stuffing and does that whole Build-A-Bear experience, but within their, their bonkers location, which I think is brilliant. They have a little arcade and their attractions are an arcade, a play maze and their super slide. And um, they've built it into their birthday party as well. So now you can have a Build-A-Bear birthday party that you can book and, you know, it's included in that package. So uh, again, great, uh, a killer idea. But what makes me wonder about how they partnered is that, you you know, you can't the sell or redeem Build-A-Bear workshop gift cards. You can't accept mm-hmm. Build-A-Bear workshop coupons. Like it's clearly not a part of the broader Build-A-Bear network, but at the same time has all of the licensed Build-A-Bear IP and has the full system too. So a very interesting partnership that they've struck, but but a pretty cool thing to see. I've, I haven't yet seen a Build-A-Bear added into an FEC yet um, that I can that I can recall or remember. Well, I haven't seen a Build-A-Bear added, but for a long time, there was that other company and I can't remember what its name was, but it was a kiosk. So they'd sell you the stuffing kiosk and you could buy all the different skins and they had it all set up. So the skins were hanging there. You still got to go this through the selection process. I think you got to put the heart in, you got to stuff it and, you know, kind of went on your way. It was just kind of a piece of an attraction or it was an attraction dropped in an FEC. And as a matter of fact, um, I believe Kyle Allison or the Allisons had that at their Andy Alligators location mm-hmm. in Kansas. So I'm curious to know how close together these locations actually are. And, and if I recall correctly, and Kyle might correct me on this, but I'm sure that he said it was very, very successful. And they were even able to use it for add-ons to birthday party packages. And it did really, really well. So yeah, it's great. And it's neat to see the Build-A-Bear brand getting out there in a different way. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So um, speaking of really cool brands, <laughs> um, let's talk about Disney for a second. Um, actually, um, what's really cool is I found uh, this new YouTube channel called Ordinary Adventures. And uh, its hosts are, uh, it has two people, hosts Peter and Kitra. I'm not going to say that, Kitra, Kitra. Um, and these guys are Star Wars Disney geeks. And they travel around to all the Disney locations, Universals, Not Berry Farms, wherever. And they take videos of their adventures. And they have a ton of really, really cool ones. Like they, it looks like they're just in Tokyo right now because they're posting stuff um, from Disney Tokyo. Um, also, they have stuff on the Very Merry Christmas at Disney. They have Halloween Horror Nights. But what I got super excited about, and I'm going to share this, is that they have just recently showcased and they're sharing four hours of footage. And this came from 30 hours of footage that they've actually recorded um, over four separate visits on the Galactic Star Star Cruiser. So they went there in four different times, recorded all these different experiences from different perspectives, um, and then they compiled it all together in a four hour showing, which is super, super cool. So here, let's let's just have a uh, look at it here. let me not. Thanks. Okay, I'm gonna play the intro clip here. First Galactic Star Cruiser was the most ambitious thing that Disney Park created, and it's the best themed experience that we've ever had. But unfortunately, the horrible marketing and the expensive price tag resulted in Disney shutting down the experience in October of 2023. We were fortunate enough to go to the Halcyon a few times and record our experiences. From discovering the Star Cruiser for the very first time to exploring different story paths while on board. 
We made some incredible friendships and made some memories that we'll remember forever. It is really a shame that more people couldn't experience this. Hopefully we can offer you the next best thing. What you're about to watch is the most complete documentation of this defunct attraction. We'll show you the story from start to finish, intercut from multiple points of view, and we'll show you the food, the rooms, and we'll explore it all. The footage in this video is the combination of four separate journeys aboard the Halcyon and the results of over 30 hours of footage. You'll see different actors playing the same role intercut throughout the story. You'll see us changing allegiances from First Order to Resistance to Smuggler and more. But hopefully in the end, it's all understandable from start to finish. This is the story of the Halcyon Starters. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, pretty cool stuff. I need a long uh, flight, maybe to Phoenix to watch this whole thing. Um, but I'm, I'm actually really excited to dive in. Like it, just some of the pictures they were showing of the food. And apparently they've even got some really intimate moment, moments with cast members where they record different experiences that they've had that were just so unique. So uh, super cool. I'm glad they got this and it's been, um, you know, it'll be in history now. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And it, I, that just makes me wistful for, for something that I was intending to do and never got a chance to do. So that was uh, definitely a quasi bucket list item that I was, ex I was you know excited to do sometime in the next few years. And it got shut down obviously before I had a chance to do that. So, um, you know, have to live vicariously through the videos and oh. look at all the cool, fun experiences that I've never get to have. So <laughs> Bring your Kleenex. Bring your Kleenex. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, just even some of the food and drinks that you get to see there, like, just looked awesome. And yeah, mm -hmm. the the overall experience. And again, just like I, I love theming and, and everything else and the story. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, would have been would have been a pretty cool thing. But uh, all right, well, that wraps up our show for today. So thanks everybody for tuning in. This is CB and BW signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. See you later, guys. Yeah. Oh,